0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. On, hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show.
2: Hello and welcome into episode number 52 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host Jesse Town, and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SD Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure you're following us all the social medias at Babes on Broad and everything. Then you can find our personals from there. Make sure you check out our recipes, our YouTube, all that on our website. Make sure you put in addresses. I think it's on our Instagram link, in our Instagram bio. You can go there, put in your addresses, get a baby's holiday card. So there's some
3: cheer right there. Because there it's about be. to get sucked out of you. I ordered them today. It'll be the only positivity we get this week and we give this week as well. Yeah, because it's all about to get
2: sucked out of you. Feel it? Yeah, so same old, same old. The Eagles are now three, eight, and one. This sucked, that sucked. They suck. It was a bada bing It was a loss. Wow. Nobody. Wow. Big surprise. But the actual thing that came out of this game is much, 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 much worse than a loss. Yeah. We actually have a real live quarterback controversy somehow in Philadelphia, Jess.
3: Unfortunately, like, after that draft pick, I mean, it was, it was coming. Everybody my- knew it. And we knew it, and I had just really, I was in denial. I had really hoped to avoid it. What we're going to do today is instead of doing our regular, here are the positives, here are the negatives, we're just going to break down what we saw from Jalen Hurts yesterday, how he looked, what he could do going forward, and ultimately what that means for the Philadelphia Eagles, at least going into 2021. Um, because it's no secret, Sam, that you and I, we, we love Carson Wentz. We believe in Carson Wentz and we don't want to see Carson Wentz fail. And we did not want to see this happen. However, it's happened. We are professionals and we're going to just talk about it as it is.
2: Yeah. And before we even get into it, I know we're going to get, I mean, my Twitter's full of it, so I know we're going to get it, but, um. I want to say real quick, we are not Carson Wentz stands, the new lingo all the kids are saying. You know what I mean? Like, no. I just want to say, obviously, we love this team. We grew up with this team. We want the best for the team. Mm -hmm. And we just think everybody's putting their negative voodoo on the wrong person.
3: I ultimately just think, and this is kind of, you know, we'll talk about it. And my, this is my point that I will just kind of try to make the entire time for my opinion, at least I really just want the team to make a decision and then go all in on that decision and supporting that decision. And up to this point, they haven't really done that. And that, you know, Take the Super – you know, forget about the Super Bowl for a second. If you just look at this team in terms of quarterback and kind of like partly going all in and then taking it back and then not doing anything to help it is is a trend. And you can – I mean, you can go back all the way to, you know, towards the end of McNabb. It's like, okay, so we draft Kevin Cobb, but then we also bring in Michael Vick. And then Cobb's the starter, but he gets hurt. And then there's Michael Vick. And then after that, you know, you have some issues there. Then trade for Sam Bradford. Oh, I'm sorry. You draft Nick Foles. Oh, how can I forget about that guy? You draft Nick Foles in the fourth round. Michael Vick gets hurt. Nick Foles plays well. Then we go back to Michael Vick. Then Nick Foles plays well again. And we trade Nick Foles for Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford's not really the answer. He's not the biggest issue with the team, but he's not the solution to the problem either. So then what do they do? They trade up, they draft Carson Wentz. Oh, Carson Wentz, he's going to be our backup quarterback. Then they trade Sam Bradford away, and Carson Wentz is your starting quarterback. Then Nick Foles wins a Super Bowl, and then they bring back Nick Foles. Nick, so he's still hanging around, obviously, because he won a Super Bowl, not saying it wasn't the right thing to do, but so then he's still hanging around. And then you give Carson a year where you don't really give him any help. He's there. He's there for 16 games. He plays well. He gets you to the playoffs. And then you go draft a backup quarterback. I wish they would just make a decision and make a freaking commitment. That's a great point. And that's, that's kind of where, you know, we're, we'll talk about Jalen Hurts and everything and everything he did yesterday and what his future looks like and what the Eagles' future looks like, what Carson Wentz's future looks like. But ultimately, I just, I'm tired of seeing them, you know, go half in on a decision and then back out of it. I would love them to just go all in and say, this is what we're doing and this is how we're going to do it and put all the, and, and go for it. They don't. They haven't and they won't.
2: Yeah. So before we even get any further on that, because I feel like we're going to talk all day on this. We'll yes. could talk all day on this. So yesterday, Carson Wentz came in. He started the game, went six for 15, 79 yards and one touchdown. He had three rushes for 18 yards and four was sacked four times. Didn't get much better with Hurts, but he had a couple big plays. So he was five for 12 when they brought him in because Carson couldn't get anything going, 109 yards, one touchdown, one interception, five rushes for 29 yards and three sacks. So the pressure's there on both of them. Right. And I think one of my things about, yes, you look at the yards that Hertz got and obviously he has more than Carson, but I feel like he had that long drive. What was it? 40 yards to Rager downfield or 32 or something like that, 30 to 40. And It was on his first or second play, which obviously that's bound to happen. That's one of the plays we've been asking for all year with Jalen Hurts in because it's different than the same exact call they call every single time that Jalen Hurts is in there. So obviously that is a smart call right there. And that benefited Hurts right there because the rest of the year, that defense wasn't expecting a throw because he hasn't thrown it really at all. besides Maybe one time and it was a screen. Right. So – Obviously that's going to work. That is not because Jalen hurts is magnificent and this locker room, trust him so much more and right. all this stuff that everybody wants to put in your head. No, it's not. So
3: he looked okay. I mean, he, he, looked, yeah, he did and he
2: looked confident and that's what you yeah. want to see.
3: Yeah. A hundred percent. I, I mean, I definitely think we saw some really good things from Jalen hurts yesterday. Mm-hmm. He definitely provided a, a little bit of a spark, but you know, and and I I was I was a little confused at first because I didn't think Carson was playing his worst game of the season by a long shot. Like I didn't, you know, the offense wasn't producing, but it it was just stagnant. Yeah, it, it that's a good word. It was very stagnant. It wasn't going backwards. It wasn't doing negative things. It, they weren't turning the ball over. They were just not it, nothing was nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, wide receivers still drop balls when Jalen Hurts came in. Linemen still couldn't block. Jake Elliott's still missing kicks. Point being, it, it, you know, it, it's deeper than a than a quarterback problem. But, you know, I think w- a- another point that, that you kind of sort of made indirectly is, you know, another thing that we've talked about up to this point is, you know, we've screamed about Doug Peterson's scheme and the play calling and the plays for Carson. Now – what do you think this means? And I think this this is an interesting conversation if, you know, Carson's not doing what he should be doing in Doug Peterson's scheme and we don't change the scheme at all, but Jalen Hurts comes in and he's successful in that scheme. That tells you it's not really all Doug Peterson's scheme.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. But I don't think we've seen enough at all to see that because of the fact that, we have so much film, not we, but other teams have so much film on Wentz. And that's the biggest thing with Doug is it's not like he has a problem with creating calls. He's just not creative. He doesn't mix it up and he doesn't do anything different. So obviously when you have somebody, Jalen Hurts, come in, that forces him to make it a little bit different. Nobody has film on him. Nobody knows what to expect besides that little Carson on the line and handoff run, like fake handoff run kind of thing they do every time. So other than that, like nobody knows what's coming and I think that plays in Doug's advantage I don't think it's Doug necessarily favoring calling for hurts you know what I'm saying right so what
3: what what do they do going forward like what hurts could show you what in the last four games because I think this is you know one of the biggest issues is is so is he the answer I don't know if you don't think Carson Wentz is the answer for whatever reason, are you convinced that Jalen Hurts is the answer? Looking at this logically, especially from a contract perspective, th- there's dead money if Carson's cut. There's dead money if Carson's traded. Regardless, the cap is screwed. So yeah. <laughs> his big extension kicks in next year. You're not going to pay him $25 million to sit on the bench. You're also not going to pay you know, $59 million in, in dead cap money or however much of that contract to trade him and get nothing in, in return. Also, no one's signing up to send first round picks or anything this way to fix his issues. So no matter what we see from Jalen Hurts in the next four games, unless he like balls out in ways we've never seen a human ball out before, what else are they going to do besides go with Carson? So here's my thing. Obviously,
2: for money reasons, it makes so much sense to keep Carson. And obviously it's the doey kind of thing. But my thing is they did get a little bit of a energy boost when Hertz came in. Mm -hmm. And Carson has not played well this year. And I'm gonna say that straight up, Carson has not been good this year. Right. But for the people that wanna just put it all on Carson, it's just dumb to me. Like I just think that's the obvious surface answer, because everybody puts everything on the quarterback. You see what they're thinking at all times of the game. You see literally them in every single play. So I think that's the lazy answer is Carson Wentz. And I think it goes so much deeper than that. And it's Howie. And that's why, no, obviously I think it's Howie, because I've said that like a hundred times and (laughs) F you Howie, because I hate you. (laughs) But my thing is, at this point, because of that energy, why not start Hertz at least for next Sunday? You know what I mean? So I, at this point would be fine if Hertz started, I don't want want to just come out and say like the rest of this season, but if he started the next few games, just for the fact, because I don't think it'll be anything different. We might see a little bit of electricity, but other than that, there's not going to be a difference because this team is bad. And that's what I kind of want to happen for the fact that people can stop saying Hurts is their savior and realize how bad Howie has messed up this team. And that is what's the most frustrating out of all of this is Howie's getting off scotch-free right now. Everybody's too busy arguing about Wentz and Hurts. Nobody's yeah. even thinking about Howie.
3: Yeah. And, and I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, the people that are actively rooting for Carson Wentz to fail are idiots. The people that are actively rooting for Jalen Hurts to fail are idiots. I, I think you're totally right. I mean, you can see what you've got from Jalen Hurts. I mean, you could say the rest of the season, it's only four games at this point, yeah. but whatever you see from him this season, I don't think that's going to change the fact that, you know, you can do the whole quarterback competition thing, but I mean, listen, regardless I mean, Carson has had every opportunity to keep his starting job this season, and he did not capitalize on that in the way that he should have. He's still holding the ball too long, and that's his fault. He's still not trusting his reads. That could be a multitude of things, but ultimately he needs to you know, be better there. His receivers still aren't getting any separation, and when there's a window – he, he's missing it. But in the grand scheme of things, this organization has so many issues before a quarterback. So I'm not saying that I'm rooting for Jalen hurts to fail, but I don't think he's going to be this savior. He's not going to solve the problem because they have so many other issues before you get to a quarterback. And unfortunately 100%. there would be more issues put there in front this season, but the Eagles have put quarterback on that list of problems. Like, the, the GM, the coaching staff, the coordinators, the game plan, the wide receivers, the offensive line is old. The defensive line is making too much money for a lack of production. There's no linebackers on this roster. The corners suck. It's, it's awful. This team is terrible from top to bottom, and quarterback could have easily been, you know, number seven to 10 on the list of things that are a problem, and instead you put it at number two, and it's unfortunate because Jalen Hurts doesn't get a fair shake either, Because Mm. of the controversy, and after the college career that he had and the BS that he had to deal with there, I feel terrible that he has to deal with this again. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I hate that he's an Eagle because I wish I could see him succeed elsewhere so he didn't have to deal with this BS. There were plenty of places that he would have been thriving in right now, and it's a shame that this is what his rookie year has to look like. No,
2: 100%, and I think going along with that, like. That's one thing I want everybody to know is, like, we don't – it's not Hurts that we have anything against. It's just the fact that I – so I was thinking about it when you were talking. I think I would prefer Hurts to either play – start the next two or three and then give Carson that last game against Washington, even though it doesn't look like it's going to actually mean anything now because the Giants upset Seattle somehow. But – so even though it doesn't look like it's going to mean anything, just to kind of give Hurts that – way that opportunity that he does deserve because carson's not performing but then at the same time kind of give carson that cap and be like you have your time to compare whatever we'll see like you know what i mean mm-hmm. kind of thing and gee i just this whole thing is it just it's so ridiculous i will say i do think if we get rid of carson No matter how good Hertz performs, I think we will deeply, deeply, deeply regret it. And I will enjoy watching Carson being 2017 Carson for the next 10 years if he goes somewhere else.
3: Yeah. And it's just going to be – I mean, it's going to be another – you know, how long until they – bring in another quarterback or draft another quarterback or, you know, and, and, exactly. and, and, it's then, just, and then screw Jalen hurts. I, I just, I not. have no confidence in this organization and it's unfortunate. And I, I can't believe that we're having this conversation and, you know, trying to figure out as, you know, the best way for them to move on from Carson Wentz and deal with the dead cap hit or the whatever amount of money it's going to count towards our salary cap. And for some reason, Alshon Jeffrey's still an Eagle. Like, yeah, right? Dude. Go figure on that one. I swear to God, I swear to God, if Alshon Jeffrey outlasts Carson Wentz here and if Howie Roseman is still in at that time, I'm staging a coup.
2: Because they didn't want an $8 million cap hit compared to 20 or 59 and 26? Like, that would be idiotic. But, and that's my thing, though, too. It's like everybody's looking on the surface. I understand Carson has had injuries, and I understand that might affect him, and we don't know the outcome. But I truly believe you don't drop off that much right? just because. You know what I mean? There's been coaching changes that have significantly impacted him in my thought process, which I think only shows because of the development of everybody else on this team. No. And then also the fact that like you don't help him. No. No. I, 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 there's just so much that goes into it, and everybody's just so emotionally invested in just looking at him – his poor play on the field, and not factoring in everything that goes into it. And I just think that's such a lazy narrative.
3: You know what I think it is? What? The Philadelphia Eagles have commitment issues. They do. The Philadelphia Eagles have commitment issues.
2: I think that's a big part of it. And I think also there's something in the water over there because the
3: Phillies, they're doing it too. Oh, yeah. We'll get to them. I have a giant problem with them always. right, anger is coming out. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about our actual top three reasons for the loss. We'll actually go into the game just briefly and let you know. We'll also talk about what's going on in Philadelphia because there are some good things. We'll bring some positivity there, but there are also some bad things. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio.
1: from engineering and IT, to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Welcome back
2: into episode number 52 of Babes On Broad. So before we get to our top three reasons for the sucky loss from the Eagles, just read what you just read me because it just supports what we just said even more.
3: So this is a tweet from our friend Rob Motti. Jalen Hurts certainly gave the Eagles a spark versus the Packers when Green Bay played softer defense up 17 and 20. He struggled when Green Bay's defense got tougher. So when the Eagles were down seventeen by 17 points and by 20 points, Jalen Hurts was, and the Packers were playing a little bit softer coverage. They were four of seven, one drop, at Travis Fulgham, 92 yards, one touchdown, and a sack. When they brought it closer, and the Eagles were only down seven points, and then down 14 points, and the Gr- Green Bay defense tightened up again. Jalen Hurts was one of five for 17 yards, two sacks, and an interception.
2: It just goes to show, it doesn't matter who's back there with this team. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's deeper problems. So with that being said, Jess, take us into your top three reasons for the loss.
3: Um, My number one reason for the loss uh, is still the same shooting themselves in the foot. Um, you know, there were three instances that really come to mind, uh, first and 10 on their opening drive. It was the 11th play of the drive. So still within the 15 scripted plays, which makes this even more infuriating. Um, Jalen Rager was in motion pre-snap and it was supposed to be a screen to either him or Boston Scott and they ran into each other in the backfield. Um, Second and eight on their second drive, Wentz tried to step up in the pocket when there was a little bit of pressure coming in. Um, he got sacked while he was looking. But then if you looked at the play larger, there were two receivers running the same exact route next to each other. Like, where is the creativity? It, it's it's no. It's, they're it's just not there. Dumb things. And then the last one is there was a third and seven in the second quarter. Isaac Sayamalu got beat extremely badly, um, didn't even get a block on Raven Green, and Raven Green then fell down. Well, Isaac Sayamalu just went, all right, my job is done. And then Green got back up to sack Carson Wentz.
2: as he finishes a play.
3: <laughs> yeah. So there, there was an instance later in the game where Malik Jackson got a little bit of a hand on Aaron Rodgers and then Rick Wagner blocked him to the ground and then held him on the ground so he could not get back up and sack Aaron Rodgers. Um, I hope Isaac was watching that because that's how you execute and like you just said, finish out a play. Um, My number two is defense. They're terrible. Um, (laughs) I'm sure why opposing offensive players are so open every single time. It's unbelievable I can't even imagine being that open ever um, and my third reason is Howie Roseman because he is the reason for every problem I have with this team and I blame him for everything wrong with the world <laughs> what about you
2: so mine's kind of flip so my number one is Howie Roseman because I hate this man's gut so much yeah yeah <laughs> I hate Howie Roseman, and he is the roots of all the Eagles' problems, and he's trying to mask it right now with his stupid little Carson Wentz versus Jalen Hurts and trying to distract everybody from his suckiness. I hate you, Howie Roseman. My number two is the defense just all around blue, man, from the secondary leaving guys, like, wide open. There was one – I don't even remember the guy's name. Just wide open in the end zone. Oh, it was Lazard. And he was just sitting there wide open. And then once he caught the ball in the end zone for a touchdown, then you see like two Eagles guys come running up on him. Good job, guys. Great. So So, number two defense. Number three is just the O-line. Fun fact here, Jess. The past 10 straight games, the O-line has given up at least, at least three sacks per game. Uh, Yesterday, what, we saw seven? Yes. Yeah. Nine straight with at least three, and then one straight with seven.
3: I'm dead inside. I'm dead inside.
2: All right, let's. I want to just full circle that O-line being as bad as they are right now. Full circle back to Howie. Gotta love it.
3: Oh, oh, so dead to me. (laughs) Well, let's keep going with dead inside. Um, you know, apparently that that Zach Wheeler's on the table. Apparently, is he? (sighs) Isn't he? I mean, okay. So John Middleton comes out and says he's not on the table, right? Buster Olney doesn't just, like, make things up. Like, this was a Buster Olney report.
2: He and how long did it take Middleton to come out and say that? At least also, two, three days?
3: Also, his comments, which, shockingly, they were dumb. I believe he said something to the effect of, I wouldn't trade Zach Wheeler for Babe Ruth. I mean, could this team be any more out of touch with their fan base?
2: Yes, I just want to say something real quick. Hopefully. Who would have thought, like 10, 12 years ago, who would have ever thought in their right minds that the Eagles and the Phillies would be the most sucky, infuriating teams in this city?
3: Who? Not would, me. No, because you think Not me. we were just about to enter the process and the, the Flyers, Flyers just had nobody. Went downhill after that cup appearance and you thought the Phillies and the Eagles were going to run it, and now the Sixers and the Flyers are the only positive things going on out here. Who would have thought it, huh?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Not me.
3: I mean, like, okay, so w- what does that mean for the Phillies if they trade Zach Wheeler? Like, what are you honest to God? if Because they they're not so going to resign JT. Let's start there.
2: Ultimately, it comes down to how pathetically cheap the ownership is. Because before this report came out, it was all about the Eagles complaining that they lost $2 billion because of this COVID season that we just had, or loss of season, basically. Like, no duh, dude. Like, the entire season, or the entire league, I bet, has lost that much. And I'm sure some teams even lost more than that. So you're not the only one. You're not catching any sympathy. Like, it's just idiotic to me. And that's their reason that they don't want to pay JT Real Muto is because – they lost so much money last season, they think they can't afford it. Even though Middleton's worth what?
3: three, 3 point billion. Yeah. Imagine being worth $3.5 billion and being like, you know. I three, have to penny pinch. I can't even have a good team. Help me. I'm poor. That's Literally. Literally. John Middleton with the sunglasses and like hiding in, in first class. Help me. I'm poor. That's that's what he's buying doing my twenty dollar beers this season. <laughs> like how much I saved on
2: beer. i am not going to Philly's game. So ultimately though, it all comes down to just how cheap he is. And then that wraps into your mind, and you're just like, if you're worried about your money, dude, sell the team. Why keep a team and literally have everybody hate your guts and hate this? So you're gonna even lose more money because I guarantee you, if you don't sign JT Ramuto, you get rid of Zach Wheeler. That's one, you're just going to have an, you're just going to have an upset Bryce Harper who will hate playing for you, and you're going to have an even worse and nightmarish fan base because one, you're going to lose half of them, and two, anybody that does show up is just going to scream at
3: you the entire time. It's the the Phillies are. Who would have thought two years after signing Bryce Harper, we'd be talking about the Phillies being on the brink of a complete disaster?
2: What's the point of giving him, like, the biggest contract at the time ever? And and you can't get anybody around him. You think a – yes, granted, he's great, but you think a left fielder is going – or right fielder is going to literally single-handedly win this for you? No. You don't even have that good of a farm system. Like, a no – you don't have a great, like, known farm system. We don't There's a couple have guys in there. There's, no, There's a couple there, guys. Who? Zach Warren. You got Zach Warren. You had um, Bryson Stott. You had, what's his name, Alec Boehm. You had a couple. But they're not – that's the point, though. Like, you don't – they're not a championship team.
3: Oh, absolutely. And think about how slighted and disrespected Bryce Harper must feel by the promises that were made to him, and all they have to show for it is – this BS.
2: That's what I'm saying. Can you, I mean, Bryce is probably going to be a good guy. He does have good relationships with some of the younger guys. So he's probably going to try to be a role model and like kind of do some development himself because it's that pathetic. We need our own guide to teach him. Um, but FML. imagine, I want to see if he does come out and say anything about this because as frustrated as we are, he has to be extremely frustrated because he left a team that then went on to win the World Series mm-hmm. and he's stuck here for, what, another 12 years? 12, 11, 12 years? Yeah. So he's Unless stuck here
3: no trade clause. He can do with that. With no trade call. Like He can waive it. This guy. If he wants to go, he can waive it. And I wouldn't blame him. I because blame as him good ass. as he is,
2: the next step for him is to win a World Series. And he needs that. And if he's not going to get that here, he's not going to stay here and I don't blame him. Right. And then I would clap my hands to see John Middleton fail and go up and fire.
3: They're, they're doing the same thing the Phillies or the Eagles are doing. They're they're literally doing the same exact thing. And it's so freaking frustrating. They made one decision and they're not going all in on their decision. They're just kind of, they're like, all right, is this enough? Is this, is this, is this good enough? Is this a passing grade? Like, that's, that's where they are literally at.
2: doing it so that they can be like, Hey guys, don't yell at us because we tried Here's proof that we tried.
3: <laughs> you know who is going all in on their decisions?
2: Bring it to me. Jess, let's hear Sixers. it.
3: Sixers. Sixers? Sixers. 10, nine, 76ers. I miss hearing you sing that song. <laughs> I'm so happy with the Sixers. They I- literally
2: I- are the light. I mean, besides the flyers, they're trying to find a date to come back, but. The only at the actual end of the tunnel in sight right now is the Sixers.
3: Yeah. I mean, the Flyers would be if, if there was, we just don't
2: know when they're coming back. We can't see their light yet.
3: There's no end. That is, I don't even know if there's a light for 2020, 2021 for hockey, but yeah, the light at the end of the tunnel are the Philadelphia 76ers reports coming out today. uh, So there was this one video clip that the Sixers posted today. I love this. It's, it's, it's a little, little Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Seth Curry action, and it just, it just, oh, he's getting a lot of run with those two, and it just makes my heart so happy. Joel Embiid's keeping the pace with Ben Simmons. Everybody said, Justin, Justin Anderson came out today and said, since the last time he was here, he just sees, like, a different kind of look in those guys' eyes. And, you know, the, the reports, the, the, the amount that they've talked about how, they have made it a priority to focus on their relationship in the off season. And they talk every day, they play video games. And Ben even made a joke that he was going to move in with Joel, which people Mm. took very seriously. very literal, (laughs) (laughs) but they've just been working, working really hard. Um, And, you know, Doc Rivers uh, has been focusing on being a player, not so much on a position. He's specifically working on mid range jump shops with Sam, with Sam Cassell, which again, you know, we've heard before, whatever, but he doesn't, I, I really think that in a, in a Doc Rivers offense, he doesn't need that. And Ben, I mean, not Ben, and Doc has said that. Yeah.
2: He doesn't yeah. need Ben to be the shooter that everybody wants Ben to be.
3: No. And and part of it was because in Brett Brown's offense, he needed it. But in this, yeah. I mean, being it, he said the other day when, when Brett was here, he was never allowed to run pick and rolls with Joel Embiid. Why? Literally why? I mean, Doc Rivers is gonna we're gonna be pick and rolling left and right out here. <laughs> Tobias Harris, I mean, that's that's where Tobias Harris thrived when he was yeah. a fringe all-star in, in twenty eighteen was because of the pick and rolls that he was that he was running in Doc Rivers offense. I really just think they've they've got the shooters now, hopefully. I could still use another one. I wouldn't hate another one. They still don't really have a backup point guard unless they plan on giving like Tyrese Maxi a lot of that run or moving mm. things around. I don't know. Granted, I mean, think about it. The draft. I trust is, them, though. I That's do. That's what's
2: crazy is I actually trust their new whole front office to. We trust the new process. We do trust the new process, <laughs> literally, and I'm I, excited for it.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm super excited to see kind of what they bring. I think it'll be interesting because obviously, like the draft was what two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I mean. I think because of COVID protocols, he's not here. He's just got to Philly yesterday. He hasn't been in camp with them yet. He's been watching on Zoom and, you know, taking it upon himself to, you know, practice on his own or or whatever. So integrating rookies into this system – I mean, a new system is, you know, they're learning anyway, but integrating a younger player who's never played in the NBA before, um, you know, it's it's different. So I think it'll be interesting to see. They also mentioned – now, I – See, I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier, but they released today that they are now making exceptions for teams to rest significant veteran players in non-nationally televised games who made deep playoff runs. So basically, the Heat and the Lakers, their offseason was 71 days. Yeah. Which is the shortest in NBA history. It's outrageous how little time they had off. hmm But – they just recently have put fines in place for load management so if it's not an actual injury you can't just sit somebody for rest or because it
2: was hurting their ratings basically
3: ratings or it's it's just a tactic and it's like hey stop you know so that's something that like for LeBron like LeBron doesn't load manage like he that guy plays but then you get Kawhi Leonard's, and it's like, oh, he plays what every third game, you know. They're trying to avoid that, but now they're basically saying, Lakers, you're allowed to rest LeBron. <laughs> so I don't know what constitute. Like, will the Sixers be able to rest Joel Embiid every now? And then? Like, I don't know. I didn't look into the article enough to know what teams that. Yeah. But that adds and that adds a little extra something something to the to what's yeah, right? going a on in these next games. A little flavor, a little spice, <laughs> a little spice to the NBA. But yeah, I mean. Is it this next week? Next week, preseason starts.
2: The 15th, yeah. I'm so excited.
3: I'm so excited. I can't wait to get It's literally a
2: week and one day, next Tuesday.
3: I'm so happy I can't even tell you. December 22nd cannot come fast enough. I, I need to get out of it. it
2: the light is approaching, Jess.
3: We're getting there. Christmas and, and, and basketball. Christmas and Sixers basketball, what more could you ask for?
2: Just relief of our misery, honestly, that's all I need.
3: Yeah, relief of my misery is really what, yeah. I, what I'm what i looking for, if we're being honest. But that is the end of our show for today. Thank you again for listening to episode 52 of Babes on Broad. Be sure to keep an eye out for our extra episodes coming out this week, as well as anything else we, you know, decide to do. Our <laughs> Free game to go will be happening again. Still difficult to be positive, but we will be here and doing what we can. Don't forget to check out um, the online address book, postable.com slash broad. Drop your address. Those cards, Christmas or holiday cards, will be sent out by the end of this week. Thank you again to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We'll talk to you later this
1: week. Babes on
0: support for this show comes from hubspot more to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you just need hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals Wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully, those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd home oh, long? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products.